is the Enter Sad Men podcast. Every rock and metal album you should own. Reviewed, rated, and ranked. Well, hello, rock fans everywhere. Mark here from the Enter Sad Men podcast. Wishing you a very happy new year. Welcome to 2021. Let's all hope it's better than 2020 was. Although the one good thing that 2020 did bring us was the Enter Sad Men podcast. And Richard, Steve, and I thought it'd be good uh, to get together just before Christmas and take a look back at the first 19 episodes of the show and look at um, how we thought of what we thought of the first 57 albums that we've reviewed. Three every week for those of you who are new to it all. Uh, Richard, Steve and I pick an album each, bring it along. We each listen to it for a week and then we review it. We give it a score track by track and then we see where the average of those scores leaves it in the Hall of Fame that you can find on www.entersadmen.co.uk. So anyway, without further ado, um, we sat down, as I say, just before Christmas, and we took a look back at the first 19 episodes. You're listening to the Enter Sad Men podcast. We're talking loud. I tell you what, why don't we start off um, by talking just very briefly about the year because it's been this all kind of happened sort of by accident and here we are you know 19 episodes and you know however many months eight months later um with a growing kind of hall of fame a fairly authoritative list of albums in an order based on a track by track score which nobody else has done as far as we can tell um have you enjoyed it i've had a time of my life i have to say yeah, it's been um, it's been an absolute blast. I tell you what, I had because um, obviously the origins of this stem back from years ago when we were going to write, you know, the thousand five hundred ten million albums that you know anyone should listen to before they die. There's a book back in the days when people wrote books, and indeed read books, and for very many reasons, indolence, indifference, couldn't be asked, got busy, just shelved the shit. Just didn't do it. So um, the, the, the podcast era has been good because it's given us an opportunity to do effectively do that while talking to each other, which is you know pretty much a good thing. Um, so I didn't have any. I had lots of preconceptions about how this thing would work. No cast iron idea of what to expect, other than I knew there would be bags and bags of surprises, and and I, and that's not let me down. Because um, you because you always think if you're like me, I mean, Mark, you're you 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 are an encyclopedia. Of, um, of metal and rock and I'm not so I might but so I knew there'd be lots of holes to fill in um you know gaps in what I knew about music and rock music and metal music over the years and some of these are being filled in and that's brilliant um and and we've always whenever we've got together we've always challenged each challenged each other with different music and new music and things we've not heard and we've managed to continue that through this and I think it's all been part of a really really not only an interesting journey, but it's a massively enjoyable one. It's been a it's been a real blast. Was it what you were expecting, Richard? I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, this, for the benefit of those who don't know, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, it came from the fact that we've been locked down uh, due to uh, the the pandemic, Be, and because we did we couldn't because of lockdown uh, have our planned sad night where we did just that playing obscure and interesting uh, albums and tracks to each other based on some bloody sad theme or some twisted uh, concoction of an idea from one of us 
Uh, and so we that that's what kicked this off, actually doing this, wasn't it? Um, so I just think it's it has been the beacon of sanity through this year for me. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and um, I've, I've loved, as I've always loved, playing music that I love to both of you. And as always, either through the stuff that you've brought along or stuff that any of us have, have found on our, you know, on our voyages of discovery around a theme, I've heard so much fantastic music I'd never heard before. Pro, and I think more more music that I didn't know than I've ever had before in the course of what nine months or so. Yeah, it's it's been it's been really good. We'll we'll get on and talk about the music imminently. But I I did have one question for you two, which is what what has been your favourite? I mean, aside from from kind of sitting here every week as we do and talking about albums that we've been listening to for seven days and um, uh, you know but beyond the actual process of putting this uh, recording this what's what's been the stuff that you the bits that you've enjoyed most i tell you what and i'll tell you why i asked because do you know what i obviously i really look forward to the discussion that we have every week but what i've also really 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 enjoyed is after we've finished recording going off you know, to, to a, a room, quiet room, living room, whatever, and just sitting with some headphones on while everybody else is asleep and going through kind of trying to select an album based on whatever crazy theme we've come up with um, at the end of the show, um, thanks to the, um, the <laughs> stupidly titled uh, Temporary Tico Torres Tombola of Topics and Themes, which spits out numbers that, you know, relate to a list that we've got. And um, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I sit up until like one o'clock in the morning, just listening to stuff and just wondering whether it's any good and whether it's worth all of us listening to. But what, what's been your favourite bits? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll extend that one step further. And this is like this is like a child at Christmas, but it's waiting for the following morning and the WhatsApps to drop as the selection process is complete and we've all revealed our reveals. And it's... um. And there's a sense of, you know, opening a present. And you think, wow, I didn't see that coming. Or, yeah, I knew he'd do that. Or, I'm oh, not fucking rush. And then you think, you know, <laughs> um, no, that's a joke. Um, and that's been great. And then you know you've got a week to really get stuck into these albums. And, um, yeah, no, that was, that, that's been one of the, oh, too many high points. But that's, there's a real sense of, you know, excitement on a Thursday morning if you get stuck into these albums. Yeah, all of that. I think, and then I mean, following following the um, the reveal, uh, whether the album's known ridiculously well or not known at all, having that first listen to the album in its entirety, because that's the other thing that this has changed. I, I I would I would put a side of a of a piece of vinyl on if I had the you know the the time. Um, prior to us starting this, but this is now driven a must to listen to that album in order, end to end, no skipping bits. And it's been, I mean, even the shit bits have been enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And also, the other thing is that um, 
you know, I've got, I don't know about you boys, but I've just got very lazy musically. I, I listen to a, a very select, you know, load of stuff that either is given to me by my eldest son or I've just picked up, occasionally drop back through memory lane and listen to some stuff I like, but never forensically and never, and, and so many, and it's, it's when you do this, you realise quite how many, you know, missing links there were down the, down the line. You know, it, this, is, this, this is our era. You know, this is the era that we love our music. And I think I know everything from the 80s. And when you see something like this, you just know there's so much that you wished you'd listened to at the time. But having missed out on that opportunity, you're damn glad you're listening to it again now, especially in your company. And that's the other thing. It's just the pleasure of you bozos on, the, on, a, you know, on a Zoom link at the end of the week as well. Should we go and have a look at some of the, because there's some weird and wonderful stuff that's going on in that list in the Hall of Fame. This, is, this process is about all of us scoring every single track on every single album. This is not a list that gets put together because you know, Metallica's Metall the, the self-titled album, the Black Album, is not at number three because Enter Sad Man is a bloody good track, and that's what we've judged, judged it on. This is, you know, it, it, you you said it right at the start, Steve. You've been absolutely right all along. These albums are only as good as their weakest moments, and my God, there have been some weak moments, but there have also been some amazing highs, haven't there? So, um, so why don't we do that? Let's head over to the hall and. Um, and just kind of pick apart some stuff. Before we start to talk about the Hall of Fame and scores of tracks and albums high and low, it's probably worth just very quickly skipping through the 19 episodes uh, that Tico's Tombola has thrown up uh, along the way. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let's quickly do that. So the, the first episode we did, actually we chose because we felt it was right as an introduction to us and uh, the title of that episode was The First Album I Bought With My Own Money. And uh, Mark's choice, Mark's first album with his own money, was the classic British Steel by Judas Priest. My first album with my own money was ACDC's Highway to Hell. And Steve's first album with his own money was Van Halen, Van Halen. I mean, we couldn't have kicked off with three greater albums, really, could we? It set the bar quite high, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I didn't. I must admit, I did. I mean, obviously, I know what I, I bought. I, I wouldn't have had a guess. I wouldn't have, to be honest, I might have turned your two round. I'd have had you down as Highway to Hell or certainly an ACDC album, Mark, because as I'm sure you, you'll know if you've listened, been regular listener, Mark is, uh, you know, the uber ACDC fan. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, um, that's, that's a big three, isn't it, to, uh, to kick off the series. So the second episode, we did um, my favourite album of all time, which, as the title suggests, was our favourite album of all time. And therefore, we chose three albums that were our favourite of all time. Um, and I chose um, Maintaining My Van Halen Love, uh, Women and Children First. Um, Richard and, well, no surprise, the band, certainly. Uh, Moving Pictures by Rush and Mark, which was slightly more left field for me, um, chose Strangers in the Night, UFO. And you could explain its left fieldness, if you like. Maybe it doesn't seem in the slightest bit odd to you, but I, I had you down for... I don't know. Let there be rock, or I, I don't know. Uh, do you know, I, I can't. I, if you remember, if you can cast your mind back all those months, I struggled a bit to begin with, with kind of what was going to be my favourite album of all time. Because uh, this will be true for you too. It'll be true for everybody listening to this. My favourite al uh, album of all time depends entirely on how I feel at any given moment. I thought, um, 
But when I actually sat down and thought about it, there was only one choice because that that album, UFO Strange in the Night, that was that was my cons- constant companion for months and months and months and months and months. You know, back in eighty one, eighty two, and um, yeah, it, and I just thought if I could only ever listen to one album ever again, which one would it be? And it didn't. You know, there was no. I didn't even have to think about it. It was. It was that one. That's the one I would take to a desert island. Richard Rush, was that ever that? I mean, so many to go from. Was it obvious? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you, you might have thought it would be, a, yeah, was, you wouldn't have been sure what album to, to uh, choose, that I might choose, Steve. Um, uh, Mark would have known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew what was coming. Um, and I'm glad as well because that is a phenomenal album, and it's a better album than Strangers in the Night. You know, musically, no doubt about it. So that's been the other thing, of course, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Is that just because an album might be a favourite doesn't mean to say it's the best. Um, it can be a favourite for all sorts of reasons that have nothing to do with the music. So that was um, that was episode two. Episode three, we kind of thought, well, if we're going to go on a journey and um, take us from sort of 70, 1973 to 1995, which notionally was the 25-year period that we agreed was the classic period, then we had to identify who was responsible for starting it all. So episode three was The Godfathers of Rock, which we then changed very quickly to The Godfathers of Rock Part One, because, of course, there isn't, there's more than three Godfathers of Rock. And the three albums that were chosen, we agreed together. Um, and the way we agreed it, if, if memory serves me right, is we took three songs rather than three albums. We took the three Godfather songs of uh, heavy rock and metal, uh, and we said, right, well, well, we'll review the albums that those songs came from. And it didn't take us very long, did it, to get to Paranoid, Smoke on the Water, uh, and Stairway to Heaven. So um, the, the albums obviously then Paranoid, Machine Head by Deep Purple, Paranoid by Black Sabbath, and Led Zeppelin Four. So, um, yeah, I, uh, that, uh, and I, I don't know about you two, but deep down, before we even kind of started listening to them, I, I was kind of thinking, there's only going to be one winner in this race. Um, and I, I was proved right, but it was much, much closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think I think I think time had done us a disservice. I think we'd all forgotten. Oh God! When was the last time you played Machine Head end to end? I mean, you know, before this process, you, you, yeah. can, you forget. You know, you you forget about a track like Lazy, which is yeah. just astonishing, yeah. and 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 you completely. And how how can you possibly forget about that? Because you've just shelved it for years. Um, and the the, the one the, I was going to say the big surprise. It wasn't a big surprise, but you know, for three Godfathers, you'd expect three Godfathers to be right up there in the rankings, but ah. Uh-uh, only two, um, only two went, only two flew high, and um, well, it's it's the Aussie thing, isn't it? But we'll, we'll we'll come to that when we discuss it later. But let's just say paranoid didn't fare quite so well as Machine Head or Four. Yeah, so I guess that those first three episodes were just setting setting the frame, weren't they? Really, and it was episode four that we really started to kick off um, with the um, interesting choices. And uh, the title of uh, episode four was First Timers. So it was, uh, we each had to choose the, f- the debut album uh, from a band 
that essentially was was their calling card um represented what they absolutely were and and you know, whatever they they went on to be uh and we had the first real variation in our choices we've had several since um but and this was one particularly you know when uh, Stephen mark received my uh selection uh that was the first what the fuck moment uh the three albums were mark's choice Leonard Skinner, pronounced Leonard Skinner. Steve's choice was Out of the Cellar by Rat, and I went a bit left field and chose Rage Against Machines' debut album. Can you remember that? Can you remember the? Because it was it was it was it was it was an incredibly interesting episode to record because you you couldn't get three albums more different. <laughs> I was going to say just going to say exactly that thing. Yeah, the, 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 I, I don't think we will ever record uh, an episode that has a more diverse collection of albums in it. I think we'll get close. We might even equal it, but I can't see us being more diverse than that. Um, for me, that was the that was the episode that, in many ways, I enjoyed most because it forced me to face my prejudices, and um, and I found myself wanting uh, in all sorts of ways because I had assumed that I would hate. Rage Against the Machine, because I hated it, with the exception of one track, pretty much the moment it came out. And I found myself surprised. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this out, this this episode. Yeah, it was a, it was a good episode. It was that, um, it was that you know, where were you when Kennedy was shot moment, you know, and I had that when I put Rage Against the Machine back on. I was decorating my downstairs toilet, since you asked. Um, and I remember it vividly. Just you can put yourself in a time and a place when you heard that again for the, you know, God knows how many years since I last played it and would have given it, you know, scant listen back then. Um, so it's really interesting to listen to it through because it wasn't in my ballpark at all. You know, I'm like, well, I could say the same about Leonard Skinner, if I'm honest. I mean, rat out of the cellar. I was just like a panting dog, you know, give me 80s hair rock and um, and, and I'm ready to roll. Um yeah, so that was that, that was that was the first route, and there was quite a little bit of fire in that episode, wasn't there? It was good stuff. It was a sort of sign of things to come, um, and the sign of things, and it continued, funnily enough, because um, there was plenty of disagreement in um, episode five, where we brought women into the mix, women in rock, part one, um, and we just none of this, none of this tokenism, lead singers, spare bassist, none of that nonsense. We went for the full female band setup. And I think that's what we're going to do for women in rock for that category going forward. Um, and we chose, well, Mark always goes first. It's almost an unwritten rule because he's such a throwback. He's, um, he, he's, he started life musically in the 70s. And um, so this was almost the 70s. He, he gave us girls' schools demolition, probably recorded in the late 70s, sent out in 1980. Um, I did Vixen's Vixen from 1988, which I've always loved. And then actually realized it was that kind of long, cold winter moment where actually I didn't quite love it as much as I thought I did at the time. Um, and Richard came way out of the blue with Phantom Blue um, and their 1993 album, Built to Perform. And that was fascinating. It was the first time we'd had to deal without Spotify, I think, um, which was a challenge in itself. <laughs> um but yeah, what a what a great addition! And again, one of those I was talking about surprise moments. One of those surprise moments that has just been an absolute blast all the way through. Women, all women band rock bands are are just far too blooming rare. 
and there were obviously the obvious ones and uh, nearly went for a rock goddess, obviously, which, which we'll come back to in a later episode. And I thought, well, let's, let's see it. Who, el- who else was out there? And, um, and yeah, I mean, it was an absolute gem. Um, still, still play it. You know, I, I, I think um, they were, they deserve to be so much, even now, deserve to be so much bigger uh, than they were. And, and, and it was such a shame because it's an absolutely cracking album. And it was, it was a, yeah, another fantastic episode. So then, um, then having gone from the sublime, we went to the ridiculous, didn't we, for episode six, which was Caught in a Mosh part one. Um, and my God, um, we, unli- we we opened the gates of hell and unleashed all monsters therein. Um, Steve came up, and honestly, I would have put my house on this. Um, the moment this topic came up, it was like, okay, everybody, we're going to be listening to some Flotsam and Jetsam now, and we were with Doomsday for the Deceiver. Richard, you chose Overkill, the years of mm-hmm. that Honestly, this, this, this episode made me laugh. Because I think you were you were so far out of your comfort zone. Um, Overkill, the years of decay from 1989, and I picked an album that I, I loved when it came out, and then for, forgot about for years and years, um, which was Testaments: The Legacy from 1992. But I, I thought this was kind of a, a huge amount of fun. Actually, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not sure how I feel about some of the music, but it was great fun doing it, wasn't it? Now, we had to do it. We had to do it. And the interesting thing is we didn't deliberately say it, but it so happened that we ignored the big four, you know, Thrash's big four, if you like, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, um, Slayer and Anthrax, and anyone and anyone else for that matter. But we did go with three, you know, genuinely big names in the mosh world, in the in the Thrash world. Yeah, you, could, you, you just can't not have an episode featuring bands like Flotsam and Jetsam and Testament and Overkill. I, to me, it was an absolute riot. I loved it. Great fun. I think I'm still deaf from it. I, I, I think your point about the big four, this, this, we are at times deliberately shining a light elsewhere just to make sure we are including a really wide range of stuff. <laughs> I think I listened to about probably about 10 or so thrash real hardcore albums that I hadn't heard of before, before I selected Overkill. I mean, I was was shaking on the floor, I think, uh, by then. So it was quite an education. So we, um, and we thought, well, well, to to act as a bit of an antidote, a couple of paracetamol and an Alka-Seltzer after a mosh fest uh, that uh, it was time to go to perhaps the other end of the scale. Uh, or heaven, in, indeed, from the hell that uh, in the hell in a nice way that we were in the previous week, and we went to AOR heaven, um, and I think some more predictable choices, apart from Steve. Uh, so uh, I chose Journey's Escape. It was uh, a close call for me between that and Aria Speedwagon's High Infidelity. So when Mark chose High Infidelity. It was uh, pretty clear what I would then go for. And then Steve completely came in from uh, a different direction with um, the Scottish band Strange Ways and uh, their album Native Sons. So, I mean, Steve, you, you've loved that album for years. Mm. Yeah, no, just just a, a chance purchase at a record shop many, many years ago. Presumably I read the review in Kerrang. They loved it, I remember that. And yeah, no, no, it's been, it's been with me and I play it a lot. I do play it a lot and... Um, 
and I, I I think there's a better album from them to come yet, and it will come further down the line when we do AOR Heaven Stroke Two or whatever we do. But yeah, no, I mean because you boys went up first and you put Aria Speedwagon and Journey up there, and I, I think my comment was I'm the I'm the Morris Minor on the front row of the, of the of the Italian Grand Prix or something compared to those two. But you know we loved all three. Oh my God, Escape just blew my mind. I'd not heard that album front to back ever. Heard bits of it, knew about three or four songs off it, two of them really well. Absolutely loved that uh, that whole episode, actually, but particularly Escape. I haven't looked, at, uh, and we'll come on and do that, do this in a minute, but I haven't actually looked at my top ten, but I'm pretty sure Escape will be in the top three um, in terms of how I scored it particularly. But, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. We, and we chose the right week to do it as well because I, I remember where I was most of the times that I listened to, to particularly to Escape, and it was a really hot week that week. Um, and, my God, there is no better music to be listening to when the sun's shining than that, is there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, and anyway, we came out of that into episode. Now, episode eight. What you listeners have got to know about Mark and Richard is that they are like a couple of children when it comes to a certain Ronnie James Dio. So they came up, and I, I can't, I, I don't know why they came up with this idea, but they just did. And it was three albums from the same singer, and the same singer was only ever going to be Ronnie James Dio because he, you know, he's been with three bands and and another one called Elf, but we couldn't find anything about them. Um, so yeah, so we did. So yeah, we basically did three albums from the same singer. We didn't choose them; we just picked. I can't even remember why we picked them, Mark. Can you remember why we picked? I mean, you know, Sabbath, Rainbow, and Dio, obviously. But why did we pick the three albums? I think we, I think we generally felt, didn't we, that those were the in, in each of those bands that that was the best of what he did with them. I think that's that's basically where we yeah. got to with it. Yeah. Okay. So we chose Heaven and Hell by Sabbath, Rising by Rainbow, and Holy Diver by Dio. And you two had a ball. I felt like a spare part at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we, well we did have a ball rainbow rising would have been probably the only other album that would have been vying for my favorite album of all time uh, and then the only other album that would have come probably come close to it well there were two live in the heart of the city by white snake and the other one was um heaven and hell so for me i was i was listening spent my week listening to two of my favorite albums of all time um, and, but the, the surprising thing about this episode, episode eight, was, and Richard doesn't agree, actually, I know you don't agree, but how short I felt Holy Diver fell based on on what I thought I was going to think about it. I, you know, I think I, I think I wrote in the in the blog that you know, my view was that it, it you know, the, the time and memory had been very kind to it. But actually, it wasn't quite the album we all thought it was. But you, you yeah. take a different view, don't you, Richard? No, I don't. I don't. I, I think I still love it more than you two do. It still sits behind. I think those other those other two albums. I think Rising was our was our sort of standout winner from that, wasn't it? I think. Um, although I mean, you you obviously I mean Heaven and Hell's uh, good too. But I think yeah, again, it's back. The, the problem with um, with the uh, Dio album was the weak the weak spots, and it, it yeah. pulled it down. Whilst it had some yeah some cracking tracks on it, it just 
it just was not consistent enough because he was in charge. He was doing everything. Um, there were no other forces at work to actually pull it up and make it better. But Steve, I, I know you were absolutely you know, blown away, weren't you? And, and um, completely kind of awestruck, jaw on the floor moment. Um, and how much did, did you love Stargazer? <laughs> oh, do you know, I've put it on so many times since. Yeah. I think that go that that goes that's that's my cashmere moment of one of one of hard rock's most overrated pieces of music. That's where that falls. Yeah, well, we'll we'll come on to um, we'll come on <laughs> to cashmere. Fuck me if that didn't cause a problem, cashmere, <laughs> yeah. um, and not just within the three of us either. No. Um, so after uh, episode eight, um, by happy circumstance, episode nine happened. And we were looking, we, we decided that we wanted to do something European, but we didn't want to go for another UK British rock band because we all knew what we were going to get. It was either be Def Leppard or Iron Maiden or Mosehead or something. We wanted, I think we wanted the, um, uh, we'd already done essentially quite a British week the week before. So we wanted to go for something European, but not, not UK. So we thought, well, what is what is another process that from which the, the you know Britain has been excluded from the <laughs> European Union? Um, so so we changed an E to an O and we called this episode Brexit. I have to say mine was slightly um, slightly tenuous. I came up with Thin Lizzy's Thunder and Lightning from 1983 um, on the basis that well on the basis of two things. One, they are I think credited as an Irish rock band, even though a lot of their members were English. And B, I think everybody's quite happy to listen to Thin Lizzy. So we did that one. Um, Steve, you went for um, Balls to the Wall, except. Um, but I mean, talk about, we're, we're now at album numbers 25, um, 26, 27. And, you know, uh, talk about hilarious. Richard went for Ingrid J. Melnstein's Rising Force, which I still can't say, uh, his album Odyssey, which I still can't say without laughing, because it's it just, it was hilarious, this episode. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I couldn't, I couldn't go Germany again, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll head to Scandinavia, and, and yeah, I, I, I thought it was time for a bit of Whitley. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I think, the most enjoyable WhatsApp chat prior to an episode we've had thus far. <laughs> All I would say is let your heart rule your head next time, mate, and just go for the Scorpions. Just I can yeah. say it's safe. Although uh, that 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 would remove the uh, the, the humour of the humour effect that, that that episode had. I mean, that was um, yeah, priceless, absolutely priceless. And so, um, well. There was some, uh, yeah, division of opinion and a few expletives uh, in the Broxit episode, but that paled to into insignificance uh, compared to the episode that followed. Um, episode ten was uh, one we called "Under the Radar," which where we challenged ourselves with finding a, an album that we had never listened to before. Uh, and there was, well, uh, so, so firstly, Steve went very early days and, and chose uh, 
of the very pleasant Aqualung by, by Jethro Tull. Mark and I, oh, bear in mind, I should say another thing is not only could we had, had it to be, had it, should it be something that we had not listened to before, we were not allowed to listen to it before we chose it. So Mark and I, shooting in the dark, went for, with Mark first, Blues to the Red Sun by Caius, and I went for Undertow by Tool. So both a, a year apart in 92 and 93, both, I guess, somewhat similar uh, genre of music. Um, and I think yeah, even more so than the Court in the Mosh episode, the most challenging week of listening I've had thus far on this podcast. Yeah, Tull aside, because I love Jethro Tull, Jethro Tull aside, this is the one episode that I really was, I was looking forward to seeing the back of because I found I found listening to Tool and Kaios really, really hard work. And it didn't it didn't start well when I think I announced what I got and uh, what I'd chosen. And Steve, you, you sent me a WhatsApp or sent them a group of WhatsApp going, well, if you like Queens of the Stone Age, and I was like, oh, no, I really don't like Queens of the Stone because I hadn't listened to it. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, because that's what they morphed into, wasn't it? I think so. Um, yes, yeah. This was a hard. This was a hard episode, but yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. It also gave the worst song ever, didn't it? So far. yeah, it, you didn't have to do it. That was the point. I mean, you just didn't have to do it. You had a free reign, pretty much, of, of hundreds of different albums. You didn't have to do it. If, if if ever there was a case, if ever there was a reason why this should have been 1970 to 1990 and not 1995, then that was the episode. Yeah. But we've only got two rules in this, which is, A, the years, 70s and 95, and I'm sure that'll get tested over time. And the other one is uh, no compilations. If I had my way, there'd be no live albums, and if Mark had his way, there'd be no grunge. But we can't do that because that would be that would be unfair. Um, but, yeah, that was um, that was a tough li- – all I will say is Jethro Tull, sensational. Loved it. Um, and anyway, so there we go. So, uh, not, episode 11, we move on to, uh, well, we did a 40th anniversary of Nwobum. Not quite, because it kind of started in 79, kind of 80. So anyway, we, we marked the 40th anniversary of 1980 um, with three, yeah, well, three new wave of British heavy metal acts. We thought we'd bring some sanity back to proceedings after our, after our grunge fest. Um, so, yeah, it's three absolute crackers from, from that year. We went for, well, Mark went for Diamond Heads and Lightning to the Nations. Richard went for Motorhead's Days of Spades. And I went for right, White Snakes, Ready and Willing. And that was, we were right in your, uh, right, right in your bread basket here, Mark, weren't we, with those three? Yeah. Yeah, I was very much at home here. And it was great. I mean, Ready and Willing was one of the, well, certainly one of the first 10 albums I bought. Um, with my own money. Um, Ace of Spades, even sitting here now, I'm always amazed that Ace of Spades was 1980. It always feels to me like a much younger album than that. Um, And I think, you know, it's, it's much, it's more mature than a 19, you would expect a 1980 album to sound, but it's brilliant. And yeah, I'm, Frankly, I'm I'm a sucker for Diamond Head. I think, you know, they are. Um, but you know, when we come and do a Godfathers of Rock, uh, do the next one, I wouldn't be surprised to see the head turn up in that either. Mm. I love I love Motorhead and Mature in the same sentence. But I'll let that. I, I did think 
I did think twice about that sentence <laughs> before I said it. Um, so anyway, the fact that we had uh, we'd re- reviewed Diamond Head made me think, oh, I've got an idea. Why don't I just see if I can get in touch with Brian Tatler from Diamond Head and see if he'll come on and do an interview for this podcast that, as far as anybody else is concerned, nobody ever heard of. And God bless him and fuck me, he did. Um, so episode 12, um, was we recorded a, a, a special with him, which you can find uh, in all the usual places. Um, so we did a special episode interviewing Brian, talking to him about his music, about the music he loves, um, his top 10 kind of uh, Desert Island discs. Um, and then uh, we kind of decided that, okay, well, if we're going to do this you know, more often, we're going to get you know, the, the people who are actually there and actually made the music and really made it all happen. If we're going to talk to them, then what we need to do is we need to get them to set us the albums that we listen to the following week. So the next three for episode 12 were albums that Brian Tatler told us we had to listen to. And he chose, I think they all featured in his top 10 albums of all time, and he chose Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti, Judas Priest's Sad Wings of Destiny, and ACDC's Let There Be Rock. And I'll just kick this off by saying ACDC, Let There Be Rock, nobody was ever going to be arguing that that was a great album, um, so we didn't argue about it. Judas Priest's Sad Wings of Destiny was interesting and curious because it's a priest at the start of their career. But not me, I did not put the cat amongst the pigeons with Ed Zeppelin, didn't I? <laughs> We well, say we were agreed about that the ACDC and Judas Priest. Uh, we all love Let There Be Rock to death. The Sabbath and Destiny. We all talked about the the seeds being sown for for the future, uh, but broadly felt the same about about the the album. But yeah, the difference of opinion on on physical graffiti. Uh, I think the, we we were all in agreement that it is too long and a classic example of of. Uh, just don't throw everything onto an album. But, yeah, a lot of difference of opinion over the merit of the various tracks, and one in particular. Mm. Steve, talk to us about Cashmere. Well, I mean, it's a perfectly good track, and I may have said that before. (laughs) All I would say say is, yeah, it's... It's gone down in 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 the rock pantheon, and this is where this is where our process is so fucking brilliant because it's gone down in the pantheon as an epic track, and therefore physical graffiti, it follows is an epic album, and we we chucked a hand grenade into that lazy notion because we reviewed it properly track for track, and that as a track is. It's not everyone's cup of tea, as we've proven. There's only three of us drinking this bloody tea. And, um, you know, and, and we proved that point. And um, let's just say Brian didn't quite understand our our lack of respect for it, did he? Well, it's it's Brian, Brian Tatler's favourite album of all time. He's, he's always said it. Every interview where he's been asked is the one that's come up. And I, slightly facetiously, slightly mischievously, um, described it as described cashmere as a plodding dirge that didn't go anywhere and i kind of i I kind of stick with well i do stick by that because i I stand by it because that is how i feel about it i'm not saying it it isn't a bad song and i scored it very highly because music in terms of the musicianship and the composition and the playing and uh, you know it is it is a very 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 
accomplished song. Do I like it? Would I put it on my Desert Island discs? No, absolutely not. And that album would not be making the journey to Fiji or whatever with me either. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Brian was, I think, you know, slightly incredulous that um, that we, that I or we, well, you and I, Steve, because it wasn't Richard, um, that you and I didn't quite see the, the beauty and majesty of it that he did. But in the end, you know, physical graffiti is often cited as being one of the top five rock albums of all time and our process without being funny about it because because it, it got a lot of high, some of those tracks got very, very high scores. Um, we have proven that it is not. So there you go. It's it's just one of those things, isn't it? It is what it is. So following on from uh, from Brian Tatler's homework, uh, we went to an episode uh, all celebrating uh, the uh, classy use of uh, makeup in rock, uh, an episode called uh, Wake Up With Makeup, and uh, uh, picked up three uh, classics, really. Mark went for... Merciful Fates, Melissa. I went for Kiss's debut album. And Steve, a brilliant choice, went with Hanoi Rock's Two Steps from the Move. Very, very interesting episode from my point of view. Loved, loved Kiss since it came out. I struggled with Merciful Fate, still do. And uh, Hanoi Rock's was uh, something I didn't know and uh, and I absolutely loved. So it, it was, uh, yeah. Fantastic episode from my point of view. Yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it? And I was derided for not having enough makeup, as I recall, but because um, you'd certainly gone the full-on slap with, with Kiss and the King himself, who will divide opinions. King Diamond will divide opinions. I, I think musically, Merciful Fate are brilliant, but there are so many times I just think I wish they'd had a Ronnie James Dio fronting them and they'd have been, um, you know, they'd have been an absolute monster band, wouldn't they? Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. And um, I, I was determined to bring Hanoi Rocks to the party at some point and, and, and we'll see them again when we uh, when we do more makeup or, or anything else for that matter because uh, they're well worth a listen. Um, anyway, episode so we went on to episode 14 and we must have been struggling for ideas. We'd asked a question on the website in the little biographies that we did. Just a throwaway question. Metallica, Maiden or Motley? The impression, you know, which one do you prefer? Um, and I think we all said Metallica, as I recall. Um, yeah, anyway, we're choosing Metallica, a Maiden, and a Motley album, Motley Crew album. We just shoved a date into a randomizer, came up with a date, and we picked the three albums that were nearest that date that the band's released, which we wound up in 1983, therefore, which meant uh, Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind, Metallica's Kill 'em All, and Motley Crew's Shout at the Devil. And I, I won't spoil it by which one was preferred, but I think. Would everyone guess? Would everyone imagine they'd know the answer to that? I don't know. Do you know what? I think I think everybody would think they would know the answer to it and they would be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, once again because of the weak point, not the strong yeah. that was a good. That was a good episode. I, enjoyed mm. that. I had a good week that week. Good week. Um, so 14 uh, followed by 15, which was Sheer Art Attack. Um which was we basically it was a, an album that we had bought on the basis of the front cover alone. Now this caused something of a problem because Steve and I have both merrily over the years bought lots of shit albums based on co- album covers, uh, but we've also bought 
some pretty good ones based on album covers, and they will crop up later. I was absolutely shell-shocked. I mean, I was more shocked than Ebenezer Scrooge when he looks at the door knocker on his apartment, book of apartments, and sees Jacob Marley's face. That is how surprised <laughs> I was to find that Richard Napthine has never bought an album based on the album cover alone. He has always needed to know that what he's buying is good quality. And I think you've missed out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I went for what I've now decided is is possibly the most boring album cover in the world, but I thought it was really interesting at the time, which is Blackfoot Strikes. Uh, Richard came up with um, an album he quite liked. Uh, I think that was basically the, the criterion that he used to pick his album. Um, but he did come up with a brilliant album cover because he chose Marillion's Fugazi. And, well, Steve, I think, uh, yeah, if you if you were measuring episodes and judging them by the laughter, then Bringing Bad Steve's Killing the Night from 1985 was an absolute masterstroke. Yeah. Bad, killing, Bad Steve's Killing the Night only gets airtime on Enter Sad Men, courtesy of Sheer Art Attack. Had, there been, had that episode not existed, it would not have happened. It would not have got airplay um, because it's, oh, it's priceless. It's, it's just an album cover. If you know it, well, you won't know me, but it's 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 a it's a long running joke from me and from me of yesteryear. Yeah, and it's and it's not fared well, but we had a heck of a laugh listening to it. Well, yes, it, it's not a great album, but um, possibly even more surprising is there are four other albums so far <laughs> that are even worse. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, particularly with the video that is available, um, the link's available in the next, if you go to the website and uh, seek out the Sheer Art Attack episode, uh, do follow it, do give it a watch, uh, because I haven't laughed so much in years. We followed that with the albums that changed our lives. Uh, so this uh, was a, a, a Tico Torres Tombola selection, uh, where we had to choose an album that um, had a, had a really special place uh, because it, it or our life, you know, our lives around this album were were, were massively changed. And um, oh, we had an absolute cracker this week. I mean, three absolute stonkers. Um, Steve went for YT's Mean Streak. Mark went for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And I went for Boston's debut album. I mean, certainly, I think in terms of listening pleasure, it was uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful week. But again, some differences of opinion, weren't there? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, hold on a minute. Pink Floyd's masterpiece. Pink Floyd's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had, a, we had a Pink Floyd album, and then we had two really, really good albums. Yeah, it was it was it was, a, it was a fantastic week. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It got better as the night wore on. Funnily enough, <laughs> let me just explain. We do these things in chronological order. So, yes, yeah, we, we always start the we start the episode with the the album that was released first chronologically. Uh, do you know what? Joking aside, I mean, it was it was it was a really good, really interesting uh, episode. And I, I always like the episodes where we don't just all agree on on each album. Um, but I, I genuinely turned up to this episode thinking, well, there's there's a top three. We're going to be listening to a top three album 
this week. And um, and we weren't, as it turned out. We weren't. Um, but more on that um, later as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I didn't get that feeling when we did our reveal for episode 17, which was 1981. <clears throat> Certainly didn't sense we'd get a top three album here, but this is why we had one of those super surprising weeks. So three albums from, as I say, 1981. I chose Gillen's Future Shop. Love it to bits. Mark chose Ozzy's Diary of a Madman, which is, you know, a really interesting album. Richard can tell you how much he enjoyed that. And the one that preceded it as well, funnily enough. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and the, the the dark horse, the wild card, was Blue the Cult's Fire of Unknown Origin, which Richard chose, which I, I can honestly say I've never heard before. I'd heard the, the, one of the singles off it, um, and that was it. And blew my mind. Is that ever doing it? I don't know. But, yeah, it was a, it was a really, really interesting week when we finally got around to doing it. Yeah, it was partly delayed, wasn't it, by uh, the first. It was always going to happen uh, <laughs> with one of us not listening to what they should have been bloody listening to. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I, for a week, thoroughly enjoyed a very different Ozzy Osbourne album. Uh, but never mind. Um, yeah, and, uh, so, yeah, I was thoroughly versed in both Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman by the time we got this episode. Uh, but actually quite pleasantly surprised with Diary of a Madman. Because uh, it was not an album I really knew well at all, uh, and uh, and it, uh, again I had some low points, but I had some fantastic high points. Yeah, and as far as uh, Future Shock, we had a good good laugh at that. Um, yeah, I think a few differences of, of opinion, but as yeah, really, yeah, it was a really another really good week. Far of Unknown Origin was is not my favourite. Oyster Cult album and so I'm quite looking forward to bringing the one that is to an episode in the future um, and finding out whether it fares as well as um, as this one did um, but uh, I I love Blue Oyster Cult, they're just so different aren't they, you, you, they're so unpredictable, you never you, and so unpredictably good as well so yeah really enjoyed that, really enjoyed that album and then, uh, so we got to episode 18 and on our list for the Tico Torres Tombola of Topics and Themes, uh, the ones that we randomised the uh, the numbers for, uh, that Tico spits out. Well, we've got all of the Donington festivals on there um, because I've been to most of them. Stephen, I've been to most of them. Um, Rich has been to quite a lot of them. And it's, well, it's quite convenient because there are lots of bands to choose from. Anyway, we... We spat out Donington 1987, and uh, I chose Wasp uh, inside the election. So we had to choose the album. I think it's right in saying we chose the album that was released closest to the festival date. Um, so that meant we were listening to Wasps inside the Electric Circus, Cinderella's Long Cold Winter, which was Rich's choice, and Anthrax among the living. Now Thrax was. Absolutely nailed on. As soon as you look at the lineup, you go, I know where Steve's going with this. And he didn't disappoint. Um, for all sorts of reasons, we knew that Cinderella were going to pop up at some point, And that was largely because of a what we'd originally planned to do for the first or second episode of the podcast, but never ended up doing. I knew, Richard, you were going to choose that because you would, you'd chosen it for that one. And, you know, Wasp, well, you know, you can't go far wrong with Wasp, or can you? But then you can't go far wrong with Cinderella, can you? <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, it was an interesting episode. It was uh, probably the one where we have dis- where we have all been quite a long way apart on what we think of each one. Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, you'd introduced me to Long Cold Winter, really, Mark, as, as an album. So when you turned around and said you didn't like it, I was really upset. You never tell. You, you can never tell. Go back and listen to episode 18, everybody. You can't tell that he's upset. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, Steve also, you know, you, you two just, you know, we've had a, the argument is ongoing, listeners, around uh, just which is the better album between Night Songs and uh, Long Cold Winter. And let, let, let's be clear, the, the, the argument is two to one uh, and we'll continue that way. But but then similarly, I mean, I, I, I just couldn't get on with with Wasp. So it, it's, I think it's probably the episode where we've had the, the most uh, disagreement. Yeah. Thank heavens for Among the Living, because that seemed to unify us. Yes. Yeah, yeah it did. And so we come to the, the, the final of our uh, episodes of this year, episode 19, uh, which was the siblings episode, uh, where we chose, or sorry, we, we wanted to review albums that had you know, brothers, sisters, etc., in them. And we went about, well, we didn't choose these albums because one of them um, is uh, as a Christmas present to all of you, a special coming up very soon, uh, our second special, which is a fantastic interview with Julie and Jodie Turner of Rock Goddess. And we asked Julie and Jodie which other two albums, apart from their debut album, we should be featuring on this siblings episode. And they chose for us Hearts Little Queen and, because uh, they know the boys in the band, Rock Till You Drop by Raven. So, uh, you, yeah, you can find uh, out more about uh, that brilliant uh, interview um, uh, very, very soon. Um, but in terms of this episode and the albums they chose, from my point of view, Little Queen by Heart was a really lovely, beautiful surprise because I think uh, compared to the opening track, Barracuda, the rest of the album is, is just so varied and and, and so fantastic to to listen to uh we all knew and loved rock goddess uh and uh we continued to do so and then raven was a bit of a certainly a left field for me it had some good stuff on it but uh was a little bit weak in the company of those other two i think you're being kind (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think you're being kind uh rock goddess uh, Steve, you you said when we were talking about the interview um, after we record after Rich and I recorded it because uh, unfortunately you couldn't make that, which is a real shame. Um, but we were talking about it on WhatsApp, and you pinged over one of your one of your uh, customary kind of um, slightly piss taking messages that said, "I think you two are a little bit in love, aren't you?" And um, and the fact is, I've always been not just a little bit, but completely in love with Jodie. <laughs> so, so, so you weren't telling me anything I didn't already know. I think I managed to keep it a secret during the interview. I was, I was quite professional about it. Um, so yeah, I love Rock Goddess. I love the band. I love I love this album. So that was that was fine. Heart. Um, I've always had a soft spot for for Heart. Um, and I didn't. I mean, I'd heard Little Queen before, but didn't really know it that well. So as Richard says, that was a, a lovely surprise. Raven. I had heard when it came out. And um, I, I, 
I don't even remember it. I, I remembered nothing of it. And I think that's probably because it's quite forgettable. Yeah, I'm sure so. Yeah, I know, I'm sure that's probably the case. Um, so, yeah, so that's where we're up to, 57 albums. And what a and what a mixed bag it is, too. I think uh, anyone would looking through this list would be saying, you know, we're slippery when wet. And, um, you know, that, 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 that time will come. But, uh, you know, we're, we're not doing this conventionally at all. That's never been the intention. Um, we're just going to work our way through over the many, many years that we'll be doing this and um, coming up with three albums a week based loosely on ridiculous themes or some good ones. Um, and we're just going to keep on plowing through. And it's um, that's a real, real um, licorice all sorts of, uh, of rock albums, isn't it? You can't look at that and go, oh, yeah, you know, they, they really like their novel or, yeah, they're, they're hair metal fans. There's nothing in there that tells anybody what it is that we really like other than our favourite albums of all time. Yeah. You're listening to the Enter Sad Men podcast. We're talking loud. So there we are. That was our year in review, the first, well, eight months of the Enter Sad Men podcast. God willing, we'll have another 12 months worth coming at you over the next 52 weeks. And uh, if all goes according to plan, then we should be uh, reviewing about another 150 albums over 2021. We'll be back with episode 20 in the next week or so. Uh, until then, keep well, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time around.